Hi everyone, welcome to People of Periods. I'm your host, Frida Tong, founder of EcoPets Australia, speech pathologist, and advocate for allowing and creating space for your period to be heard and to have a voice. We are joined with lovely Morgana Godwin, who is currently residing in Bundaberg, Bagara. I am predominantly a, a graphic designer, um, but more colloquially, I just say I'm a designer. I also do a bit of photography stuff, videography stuff. Um, I recently built an app and sold it. It was about endometriosis. And I'm originally from New Zealand. So kia ora to anybody that might be listening from New Zealand. What brought you to Queensland, Bagara from all the way in New Zealand? Yeah, well, I, I've never really like lived and worked in New Zealand. Um, straight out of uni, I went and lived in New York City, which was kind of crazy because New Zealand is like this tiny place. And then I went to the most densely populated um, city in America. Oh. But um, yeah, and then I was working in New York and then ended up in Melbourne in Australia. And I met my partner um, and my partner's a physiotherapist. So she got head, not headhunted, she got um, like a, a job in Bundaberg and I'd like had enough of these big cities and I was like, sure, let's go to this little regional town in Australia. So it's kind of like a really bizarre setting that we ended up here, but I don't know, I love it. I can totally relate to that. So Morgana and I originally met in Bundaberg when I was living in Bundy and <laughs> I completely relate to that. The, I don't know, there's something about being in a small town and especially in Bagara where you live, Morgana, it's so beautiful and I feel like you can really connect with nature there. With yeah, the totally. And- Accessibility to all of the things that I think people dream about in other places. Sometimes you hear about people's like retirement plans and I'm like, I constantly say to my partner, I'm like, we live in a postcard. Like, yes! like we are literally <laughs> so fortunate to live in this place. And I'm constantly like, oh my goodness. Like I literally last night, I went and sat under a palm tree in winter and didn't need a jersey. How, oh my goodness. It's just, it's wild. It is amazing there. I feel like yeah. the, the moon that you also see there when it's full moon is not like any yeah. other moon that I've ever seen. I mean, we've got one moon in the whole earth, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the viewpoint, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I was saying that we originally met in Bundaberg and I came by your stuff. I actually don't really remember how we connected. I think it was through um, Instagram, but I, I think it might've been. Yeah. It was actually your app that, either came up or I would love to learn more about starting the process of coding and how you came to actually creating um, Manage Endo. The lead into that is like, yeah, I really started looking at my own health and I've sort of had this problem with endometriosis for look ever since I was really, really young. And usually endometriosis, um, a disease that affects one in 10 women, it's when uh, your endometrium, I think that's the word, gosh, I'm not a scientist, but it grows in places outside of your uterus. Typically it's in your uterus mm. um, and it causes all kind of havoc in your abdominal cavity. But uh, it went undiagnosed for a very long time. Um, and I was diagnosed with endometriosis around the age of 24. 
I think, wow. 24 it was. And I'd been dealing with this before. I, I remember episodes before I was 10 years old, um, wow. which is really, yeah, it's really uncommon. Typically it's associated with, you know, when, when uterus owners reach the age of um, menstruation. But for me, it was occurring a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been dealing with this my whole life. And it got to the point where I was just like so fed up with it that I started studying myself um, and became really passionate about women's health and learning about how our systems, our medical systems are not geared towards women's health or, you know, uterus health in general. (laughs) There's a lot of um, misinformation and really deviation from women's health throughout the years. And I just became super passionate about it. And I was like, I'm going to solve this problem for me. (laughs) And then um, went down this wormhole. I was like, right, I need to create an app so I can present this data and then other people can efficiently look at their data. So I started coding um, with my graphic design background. Like I had a little bit of coding experience. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a huge deep dive shock factor for me. I kind of sort of had a little bit of a, a little bit of an interaction to it. And then I kind of just started building Managendo. It sounds kind of crazy when you say it like that, but I just built the thing. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. And I think it kind of does actually make sense. Like when you started the process of researching yourself, what sort of things were you looking for and keeping record of? Uh, well, I, by default, because my um, partner's a physiotherapist, we have so many people around us who are in the medical field. Mm. Um, and I kind of, sometimes I feel like a little bit of a guinea pig, but, um, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm quite open about these things and I'm like talking about these things and then they all seem to just input into my, um, medical journey (laughs) and they would give me all these different things to try. And I was talking to, um, one of our friends who's a dietitian and we were funnily enough, we were talking about poo, which is. Look, it's it's a strange topic, but Such we need to talk topic, about though. it. Absolutely. Mm. And we were talking about the Bristol stool and all these kinds of things. Mm. Google it if you don't know what the Bristol stool is. It's enlightening yes. on so many different levels. Yes. Um, but yeah, we were talking about this and she was like, well, you should try this FODMAP diet to see if any different foods are affecting you. There's a lot of um, conflicting opinions out there about FODMAP. So I, I'm not putting this out there as a recommendation, but I tried it. And through that tracking of different foods, I thought, well, these are only some of the variables. What if I started tracking all of the variables that are inputting to my body? So not just diet, but lifestyle, exercise, mindfulness, um, tracking my meditation hours and things like that. And seeing how that as a broad picture was affecting me bit of a data nerd as well. Like I just, I think data is the key. I love that. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just started looking at all of those inputs and that's really what Managendo was, was this data-driven system to understanding yourself. Right. Okay. So what, what does Managendo look like today? And if um, girls are listening out there wondering if it would be beneficial for them, what would you recommend? Yeah, well, Managendo, I, I sold it last year to Quendo, who is the Queensland Endometriosis Association. Um, and they're awesome. And they've since reformatted it. Um, I said to them, I was like, you know, 
please just take this and run with it. I realized like it wasn't my torch to bear, like it really needed that organization behind it. So they've created essentially a, a very similar system. Um, I don't believe it's called Managendo anymore. I think it's called Queensland Endometri, like the Quendo app. And, and they're releasing it very soon. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure it's being released this month, which is really awesome. They've kept to all of the amazing promises that they said they would do with it. And they've built in this tracking system. So look, they're the best people to consult about, you know, using a tracking system. Um, and they have all of the, the managendo documentation, everything I did. So what type of uterus owner would um, benefit from using a tracking app like Manageendo or Quendo's app? Look, I think when you're at the point where you realize that no one input is going to help you. I think you have to be ready for it. Like it's, it's, it's an, it's a journey of trust that you go through of trusting the medical system and then falling out with it and then trusting it and then learning to keep your boundaries with it and learning where in fact you are part of that picture. It's not about just one person's opinion that's going to influence your entire health journey it's it's about being like objective about what's happening to your body um and who gets who gets a say in that and if you're at that point where you realize that you're in control of your health then starting to track your inputs is really important from my perspective Mm. so this could kind of actually be open to any menstruating girl or woman isn't it that totally yeah totally and i think yeah i think there's a lot of a lot of education around menstruation, obviously that needs to happen, but, you know, just understanding how your body works. I also have something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, commonly ah. abbreviated to PCOS. Yeah. yeah. So like it became really important for that as well, because you often they kind of go hand in hand, endo and PCOS. Um, yes. There are quite a few people who have both. And then you've got things like adenomosis, which is endometriosis inside the uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what I know it to be. Yeah. Um, so when you've got all these competing health conditions, data becomes so important to understand how that's impacting you. And even like if you're going on the journey of um, maybe having a baby, understanding your cycles becomes really important. Definitely. So powerful, I think, being able to track everything that's kind of in your life. Like I had a, I've had a recent diagnosis of PCOS myself and oh, wow. I've only just, started properly tracking some of the diff- different things, like even just as simple as food and yeah. how that impacts everything else in my life, like my emotions and yeah, my physical health. And yeah, it's crazy. Morgana, you mentioned that it was a very long process for you to get a, a diagnosis initially, and it's been years of you experiencing endometriosis. What What is that like now in your life? Have you been able to manage that quite well? Yeah, I think, well, now I don't um, have to take prescription painkillers, which is possibly the biggest accomplishment for me um, because, yeah, it was the pain was excruciating. So mm-hmm. my, my main concern was like these, these drugs that they, they're saying to take are like actually having these internal effects that I may not know the effect of until later in my life. And I'm like... I've already got this thing that I'm dealing with. I'm not going to set myself up for dealing with some other kind of repercussion of taking very heavy painkillers. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was like a really big 
a big part of my health journey, I guess, was coming off the prescription painkillers. Definitely. That's huge. Yeah. How long were you on um, medication for? Uh, I've been on anti-inflammatories. So things like, I think I always get this name wrong and (laughs) my partner mocks me for it, but is it diclofenac? Diclofenac? I don't know. Diclofenac. Um, it's like an anti-inflammatory, um, and things like naproxen, those names are really familiar to people who deal with, um, inflammatory conditions. Yeah. So I'd been on and off various different, varying different doses of those ever since I've been a teenager. They're really heavy anti-inflammatories. So I only take those as and when needed, um, which is very, very rarely, but I was on maybe from 24 to 26 years old I was on this is when the pain got really bad so I was on morphine tramadol um like really high doses of tramadol and morphine and um on dancitron which is obviously like a, an anti-nausea to stop the nausea that came from taking the painkillers wow uh, yeah and then oh, what else there was something else it was it was a, like a, it was a real cocktail um yeah and to, oh my gosh yeah. And I remember I had um, some problems with my appendix like a couple of years ago while I was sort of taking these things and they tried to give me morphine in the hospital and it didn't work because my tolerance of it was so high. They essentially like had to knock me out to stop this pain from my appendix. So it became this really like bad self-fulfilling prophecy of what happens with opiates, right? Yeah. It was- um, yeah, it was pretty horrific. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so glad to hear and so happy for you that you've been able to manage it and that you're off the, all those painkillers. That's amazing. Yeah. There are so many women and girls out there who are experiencing that pain. If we go back a couple of years, quite a few yeah. years, um, do you remember your first period and like everything that kind of happened around that first period? And do you mind sharing that story? Oh my God, do I ever, um, <laughs> I think, I think that image is like stained in everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse the period puns. I, yeah. So we um, I think mine was around 12 years old. Like it was quite early comparative to like my friends. And at the time I was living with my godparents. There's a, there's a very long contextual story there, but I'll just keep it short, which is like my, my mum had me really young um, and she was a single mum and she was sort of dealing with her own stuff. So in New Zealand, we have this thing called whangai, which is kind of like, instead of being fostered, you go to people in like your immediate family group. Um, and I had these amazing godparents who sort of were looking after me at the time. And my godmother, Cheryl, she she was amazing in explaining like periods as a celebration to me. And it was very strange to me because being an only child and sort of having to do things on my own a lot, I was like very closed off from participating in any dialogue about bodies. Like it was almost this thing like almost shameful a little bit. And she really pitched it as the celebration. So she would talk to me about it like periodically. Um, She would be like, has it happened yet? Has it? <laughs> and then the one day it happened and I remember I just tried to ignore it and like you obviously you just cannot ignore it. Um, 
and I went to her and I was like, Cheryl, I think the thing that you said might happen has happened. <laughs> she was like, no. And I was like, yes. <laughs> um, and she was like, don't worry. You don't have to go to school today. You just sit in bed. We'll get some movies. Like she just sort yeah. of like celebrated this moment, which I'm so thankful for now as, as like, looking back on it I'm like oh my gosh she even went out and she bought me like a bracelet and she just made sure it was like a celebration um and I think that is like the most cute it's the cutest most like heartwarming thing ever now when I think about it that Um, is freaking beautiful yeah and it was like it was not it was scary I was like am I gonna die (laughs) um I'm burning out of my vagina yeah, exactly. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, she made it into such a celebration that it was just like this thing that wasn't scary. Um, Can everybody and was, do that, please? I think Exactly. Right? Oh, really fortunate. That is beautiful. And I guess like in and around your, your body and what you were experiencing during that time, did you start experiencing endopains then as well? I did have cramps, um, but my endopain was always different because a lot of my endometriosis is on my bladder. So I'd have like incredibly sore bladder movements. Um, So like my, my period pain is, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what average period pain is, but my bladder pain is more intense than that. So I never really put the two together, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that story. I think it's yeah. something so <laughs> special about hearing everyone's like per- first period stories. And I guess like from your experiences, having a period yourself and then, you know, your whole experience through Manage Endo and connecting with the women and the communities that you have, what sort of things would you say that girls should expect or know about their bodies in relation to periods? Oh, that's such a good question. I think... I think we need to, we have as a duty as people who have experienced periods to, to, to talk about them in a more, um, I think in a celebratory way, much like what happened with me in my first period, but like we have a duty to, to not make them this terrifying thing and shameful thing. So I think a lot of that work falls on us to educate and talk about periods so that when these young women or uterus owners whomever whomever may experience a period sees sees it and it's just kind of like ah oh, awesome that's that thing that happens next not oh my gosh that thing is coming yeah. do you know what I mean like yeah. it's so on us to change that dialogue around it so like when we're talking about endometriosis I think that's probably a different story because mm-hmm. there's there's definitely things around like um, in terms of red flags around things like are, are your periods so excruciatingly painful that you can't get out of bed? That's problematic. Mm. <laughs> That's not normal. So there are definitely red flags around that. But I mean, in terms of periods, like they should be, gosh, we should all have a celebration when that happens. I really believe that. I do too. Yeah. I love how you coined just then um, a uterus owner. Um, yeah. Because it's so true. If I ever have a uterus owner as a child, (laughs) (laughs) it'll definitely be a celebration. I think that's really powerful. 
do you have any tips or strategies or resources um, that you would recommend to best manage periods? So this might even be things like, you know, food journaling, exercise and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, I think, I think the one thing is like my main, like, and it's something I've had to work through myself is like, there is no shame around your period and how it may affect your body. So I think one looking at your body and saying like, thank you rather than, Oh my gosh, I hate you. And then building on that dialogue with your body being like comfortable with saying we're okay today or, you know, thank you for bringing me through to this next day. And then yeah, there, there are a lot of great resources about periods. One of them is Quendo. Obviously, I have a bias there, but <laughs> they do have a lot of great information about managing a period. And they also have a support line that you can call if you feel like, you know, you're experiencing different symptoms of things like endometriosis or you just don't know what's happening to you. They have this awesome support line. So that's always good. The one thing I take with me everywhere in the world that I go is a hot water bottle. Like that is... That is the key to my life <laughs> when I have my period um, because it's just essential to get heat. Like it just helps me so much to um, dull those cramps. Yeah. It can be a hard one because when you're experiencing something inflammatory, heat is often not the best, the best thing, but um, definitely for cramps, uh, the hot water bottle is an absolute must. Okay. That's a good to know. What are your thoughts on like a weed pack? Wheat packs are good. Um, I just, I always know I can get hot water somewhere, even on an airplane, they have boiling water. So yeah, that um, makes sense. <laughs> sometimes when there's no microwave available, um, but wheat packs are great. Yeah. yeah. Are there any maybe like books or like podcasts or anything like that um, you would recommend? Oh my gosh, there is an amazing book and it's escaping my mind right now. It's by Dr. Susan Evans and it's about periods. I'm just trying to Google this at the same time that we are talking, which is highly inappropriate. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, oh, this one's called Endometriosis and Pelvic Pain. Um, and that's by Dr. Susan Evans and Deborah Bush. Susan Evans um, does a lot of work with Quendo and all of the endometriosis associations in Australia. Mm-hmm. And then Deborah Bush is the um, head of endometriosis New Zealand. So you've got this amazing body of knowledge by people at the top of the field. It's good for anyone with periods as well. Um, it's just great knowledge. Thank you so much for those tips and that book recommendation as well. Um, before I ask the last question, are you still active within like the menstruation space? Are you? St- yeah. Yep. I, I'm an ambassador for Quendo. So um, yeah, I just sort of get out there and talk about it. Definitely. Are you doing any talks coming up soon? I was meant to be doing some talks, um, but obviously the whole pandemic thing through that in the mix. Um, and I haven't been doing any via Zoom. No, not at the moment. Okay. Okay. And if um, girls are wanting to hear more about your work and more about Manage Endo and Quendo, um, how can they reach out and contact you? Well, the best place to contact me is on Instagram. Um, I, it's like almost become my email inbox. <laughs> 
Um, so you can you can definitely get in touch with me there at Morgana Godwin. Um, and also, if you follow Quendo on Instagram, they put out a lot of great content around periods. And even if you are a parent and you're wanting to talk about your like talk to your daughter or uterus owner about periods, um, they have a lot of great information about that too. So I'd highly recommend following them. Amazing. I will link Quendo to this. And also, Morgana has the most amazing TED Talk that she did last year. So I will link that as well because that's all about your experiences. And I thought it was really amazing and hilarious and just <laughs> such an eye-opener. So thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing your story. Oh, you're welcome. I'm always happy to lend my uterus to the conversation. I think it's super important. Thank you for listening to People of Periods, a podcast by Ecopads Australia. Thank you to Morgana Godwin, creator of Manage Endo app, all the way from beautiful sunny Bagara. Thank you for sharing your personal journey through endometriosis and through to the creation of a game-changing app for uterus owners all over the world. I am Frida Tong and our podcast producer is Brianna Kennedy. Tune in weekly to hear a new episode of People of Periods. Like and subscribe and follow us on this shared journey to give our periods a voice and to help fight the battle against period poverty.